Say Something. It's like a podcast, but it's a vodcast, so you can listen and watch. It's like news talk or sports talk, but it's life talk, so we can walk the road together. On today's show, Sarah Haggerty, best-selling author of Every Bitter Thing is Sweet, joins us to chat about her latest book, Unseen, whose topic is something for which every person longs to be seen, known, and understood. Thanks for joining the conversation. Here we go. And we are so happy to have you in our car this morning. because she has a new book out called Unseen, and I want you to say the subtitle to it because it's uh, the so good. The subtitle is The Gift of Being Hidden in a World That Loves to Be Noticed. All right. The oh, gift man, and that of... speaks to me, the girl that's like, jazz hands, I want to be on stage. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I do love to be seen. And well, I think everybody, it's like the... We all do. Well, we all do, yeah. and it is certainly for the young people of this world... I don't think they, there's going to be this generation that has never gone a day without feeling like they're on a stage. Right, yeah. And so. Are you saying that primarily because of social media? Yeah, because I don't think we had that. I mean, for us, I think the worst thing probably was having a note pass through you in right. junior mm-hmm. high, you know? Well, yeah, but, but yearning was still the same. So but I the, guess my question is, you almost, and I'll just speak for me, I almost feel guilty that there's that yearning there, but I just go about the effort to be seen sometimes the wrong way when it's meant to be filled by Jesus. So talk about that. You know, I talk about it a lot in the book that we, I I feel like we um, feel that guilt about our desire to be seen. So we just suppress it. Yeah. We were made to be seen. Psalm 139, 15 says, my, my frame was not hidden from you when I was formed in secret. From the beginning, we had eyes on us. So we were created to have eyes on us. Yeah. And we have this nature in us that's not like a sin nature to be seen. It's actually our desire for God. But I think in our culture, we just, we have such access to being seen by other people we don't quite know how to identify this desire to be seen and so it's so much easier to just get somebody else to see us and it's deeper than seen and you've talked a lot about it being known yeah it's not just like hey because I'll do the Instagram like because maybe I'm bored I'm like hey is somebody out there oh yeah and I actually love that I mean I love that Mm -hmm. but I think it is it's the desire to be deeply known and and in that we kind of don't know what to do with it Mm -hmm. And, and it feels like I think as women, we can often feel like, well, who's the friend who's going to really, really know me in and out and, or our husband or, you know, the, the circle of people around me. And while those things, man, we can have those and we, those friendships are awesome and we can have that connection with our spouse. There still is like a deep knowing that can only come from God. Cause, well, cause, half and half tea. A half and half iced tea. Yes. That's what, what you, you say? Like? Half and half? Yeah. All right. I would love a large Good. ice water. Good morning. Welcome to Chick-fil-A. How many you? Okay. Yeah, you do. Do you want ice in it? A lot of ice. Okay. Well. So, another question I had. When in, in your book, I loved how you talk about those years where you were hidden, felt hidden, mm-hmm. and you worked at the store. And that's yeah, yeah, where yeah. you're working with soaps. Uh-huh. And, you know, and uh-huh. I... Because I think sometimes we're like, okay, yes, okay, get in God's word. Wait, before you keep okay. going, tell tell them what she means by working in the yes, store. Tell me so what... I had been in full-time ministry, my husband and I, um, I like I got out of college and was going to change the world for God. And 
loved the ministry I was a part of. I mean, awesome. Still feel so much affection for that ministry, but just found that I was talking to a lot of people about Jesus, a lot of teenagers and their parents, and then kind of going home and going, man, I'm saying these words over and over again, but like, if I'm really honest, I'm not sure that I like feel them. Yeah. And so we just decided, press pause on the full-time ministry, and I started working at a boutique that sold French and Italian pottery. They told me I couldn't clean, because apparently people like dust on their Italian pottery. Really? So literally all day long, and I maybe made like four or five transactions in a day. So I really? was in this store by myself getting paid you know, minimum you wage. You were by yourself in the store. All day long. Doing nothing. Doing nothing. Like there was no organizing or cleaning. It was quite sitting. literally sitting. And so... It was in that store that I, I started to bring my Bible in, which I, I don't even know how I got to that place of like, oh, I can actually move my Bible outside of my morning quiet time and read it at two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. But so I started to bring my Bible in there and was feeling like totally deflated in life. Like here I am, you know, having had these aspirations, college degree in a college town working at a boutique. And it was there that I started to go, oh, like if I read his word, I, I think he actually likes me. Yeah. when I'm not producing anything like could it be that here I am at like the biggest uh, in in what I would say the biggest like failure of a season in my life and I'm reading God's Word and I'm going oh he actually likes me even when I'm not producing for him and can you said so, that to me like I think I read the Bible with a checklist of like let me open it up and see what to do because yeah. I'm yeah. a starver yeah and, and can you always help to me understand like no it's to know him like yeah, to me, that was lives. the biggest transformation story. I, yeah, I remember um, right after we got married, we had, had like a five-month engagement. We're in full-time ministry and planning this wedding, and we went on a 10-day honeymoon, and I brought my Bible down to the pool, um, and I remember opening it and feeling like this is reading to me like a high school history textbook. Oh, me too. And yeah. as I was reading it, I'm thinking, I like have enough emotional integrity to kind of know, like, I actually don't think it's that the word of God is boring. Like I, something in me is so dry. Like I, it really was, I can remember exactly where I was sitting now going, something is awry in me that this is how I've been approaching the word of God. And here I have this first long stint of rest and I'm sitting here going, I don't even know how to talk to you, God. It was right. right around that time. It was shortly, like a year later, that I, we started my little stint in the boutique. In the boutique. <laughs> well, the, the boutique where I fell in love with God. It wasn't just the concept, because I think I could hang out in the concept of, like, God loves me no matter what I do. Right, right. But, like, actually when I was being unproductive and when I was being insignificant, then going, I'm stuck here and you actually really do love me. Yeah. Like, I think that was the shift for me, giving myself space to be unproductive. It's funny, listen to what I was about to ask you and how I have to change my word. I was about to say, <laughs> what do you hope women do as a result of your book? And I'm like, eh, scratch that. <laughs> what do you hope women experience or men? Like, if you have anyone that reads your book, you're like, oh, I hope they experience or know this. Yeah, I, you know, it has been funny to hear that men have been impacted by the book which That's is funny cool. to me because in my mind I just have not thought of men being on the other end other than my husband um, but I think it's even though it plays itself out differently it's still this universal craving we have to be seen but I my hope and prayer for the book has been that people would close the book and be hungry for God mm -hmm. like literally I've prayed over the pages God like I pray that this would stir up hunger that people would start to go oh I kind of want to talk to him in the middle of the afternoon like I, I don't need to just save this till my morning quiet time or the next time I'm at church like I 
I want to actually maybe put down my phone and like engage with God right now. That's been oh, my so good. Well, I think it can make someone sweat the idea of like pulling out their Bible because of the funky relationship that you can have with that book. Yeah. Um, because of all these preconceived ideas that you know probably aren't true, yeah. and I I think that's a big part of what I hear in your message too mm -hmm. is come fresh like just show me who you are yeah, um, yeah show me who you are and, and I like what you said to it as a declare is like what do you see in me what do you think of me yeah and how he's revealed that to you and I think what a precious tender question and a scary one because oh. like the accuser is so loud yeah like you said like we can fill our minds all day long with what he thinks of us and what a refreshing experience to say, hold on, <laughs> I'm hearing really loud all day long what other people think of me, but yeah. I didn't stop and pause to say what you think of me. Yeah, and I, I think some of that, that to me requires the word of God because I think we can come up with a lot of ideas, what our parents said or what we heard in our childhood or what our friends are saying about what God might think of us. But you do a search, you do like a study on the emotions of God's heart in scripture and he like really feels a whole lot for his people and he's really tender and really merciful and all these things that I think on a given day, like I am, I have this ticker tape in my mind of like all the ways that I failed and all the things that I need to do better. And like, if I could only do this, then maybe God might finally tolerate me, you know? Yeah. And it's just so not his approach to his people. Mm. So yes, gosh, that's a hard one to, I think that can be hard for people to digest because we're yeah. so, um, we're just bombarded with the progress over the process. Uh -huh. I mean, and, and you're bombarded by these these measuring lines and thresholds. Well, once you cross this, you have to cross this. And it's like, burp, 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 burp. And so I don't think that it's, I think it's very logical that we would feel that way in every part of yes. our lives. And so, I, you know, I know you've contemplated the value of unseen. And so mm -hmm. on the other side of that, what would you, do you have anything you'd like, any nuggets yeah. you'd like to share? You know, I think of like, if I could slice up my day, probably 80% of it is unseen. Like probably 80%, I mean, sleeping and getting well, yeah. ready and doing laundry. And yet so much of where I think we as humans place our effort is in the 20% that's seen. Mm -hmm. Like, let me make this really good and put all my effort here. And I think um, for me, like not just saying I should revel in the unseen moments, but actually going, God, I want to see your eyes on me when nobody's looking. And I want that to be the place where I encounter you mm, has so been profound. And even still, like, I feel like I wrote the book on being, finding him in hiddenness. And yet here I am in another phase of my life because I'm older and my kids are older and, you know, going uh, yet again, let me find your eyes on me here right mm -hmm. now. You know, in, in any place I can talk to you and you, I can hear your thoughts towards me and I can come alive there and I don't have to claw my way out of there. That actually can be the place where I am formed and shaped. And mm -hmm. um, I have one more question that I have to ask. I'm like watching the clock. I'm like, I got one more. I got to get in there. <laughs> no, you're so good. you spoke this oh, yeah. week. To oh, a... I actually am okay for time. Okay. Um, you spoke this week to a bunch of writers, so this this would apply to. I think there's many women out there that want to just share a message and share their heart mm -hmm. and be in a season where they want to. You know, there's there's blogs and there's yeah. you know all that stuff. But your message this week so struck me, and you said you wanted people not to be an echo, 
but you wanted people to have their unique message. Talk a little bit about what you meant by that because it was so profound. I well, I think um, there are just so many words now, and I'm a words person. I love words, but there's just so many words. I mean, in any given day, like I've heard a statistic recently, like what we can read in a given day is what some people in like the 1800s may have read in their entire lifetime. Like what? just what we. Wow. I, I'm, I'm botching that. I'm sure no, that that's but, not but, accurate. Okay, but you may may be, but it, there's certainly an accuracy about it because so, there was there was no accessibility to that many yeah. words and I think if we look at like kind of historically how God formed his people it was not among many other voices I mean Paul 13 years or how many years was he in obscurity John the Baptist in obscurity David in Ziklag like there is Jesus 30 years not that he wasn't around people but I think there's just uh, uniqueness to this time in history where we actually have to choose to get alone with God and have him form the message in us maybe I, I don't know that I would say before we speak but I think we're just at risk of echoing what we hear around us mm -hmm. because there's so many voices and I, I in some senses I think it's not so much that like oh we just all need to be quiet God doesn't want us to say anything I think it's that man, there might be an even more unique message that if you could just stay in that hidden place for a few more years, mm -hmm. you would really get that message that God wants you to yeah. speak. Rather than just hearing so many other things and going, oh, I can apply that to my life and I'll just speak it through my mouth. Like, oh, maybe I'll stay hidden for a little bit longer and see what do you really want to say through me yeah, that could so be unique and different. Good. Not and that the goal so is unique and do, different. Because I don't think it's a mode of things. I just think it's a casual thing. It's an easy thing to do. It's yeah. a convenient thing because you're like, oh, I, I've really hurt. And you can be encouraged and inspired by other people. But you're right. When you sit longer and you wrestle with some things through God, he speaks fresh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He speaks uniquely. And we know that, I mean, I know the difference when I have heard something that I'm like, whoa, God put that in that person's mouth. And it's totally impacting me versus, and not that I'm like sitting going, God put that, God didn't. But you know the feeling when you're sitting under somebody's teaching and you're like, they have lived this message versus, yes. wow, they spent like a good month there. And it's a really fun, like it kind of yeah. tickles me a little bit, but like doesn't totally change me. Yes. And I, I just think that there's a value to sitting longer and waiting for that. Not to say that we shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, sometimes a message only needs to germinate for a day, but yeah, it's yeah. But even if it's not somebody that's a that is in a role or wanting to share a message, taking that to the to the studs, just the unique gifting mm. and purpose, because that's like a fingerprint. Every single oh. person has unique purpose yeah. and giftedness. But being able, because it could be whatever the wave of the day is that would get someone off track from their purpose and from yes. their uniqueness. Yeah. It's a, it seems to me it's a message of identity and self-worth. Like yeah. where do you find your identity? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I, I feel like for me, I have had to, for me personally, I've had to really fight all the other voices around me. Mm -hmm. um, some of that's like real practically, like kind of having a narrow focus, but mm -hmm. some of it is really identifying like, I'm letting that person's life really impact my heart and identity in a way that it's not meant to or I'm wanting to be something that I'm actually not made to be like mm -hmm. I'm trying to be an acrobat here that's not who I am <laughs> like I am um, and and I do think there's a value like the the space like the white space in our lives there's just such a value to finding God there yes. because when there's noise all around us it only continues to foster more noise 
And then it's whose voice is really the voice of God in, like, I, I, I don't know. I know in a given day, I have a hard time just deciphering, like, what's the voice of God right. and what's just right. people? Okay, so practically speaking, do you do you calendar white space? Like, do you put it on your calendar? I, it's been different in every stretch. Like, right now, I don't do something that I wrote about in the book. Um, I wrote about a wonder hour where, like, mm -hmm. for a period of time, it was, I don't know, two years maybe, I would actually write, I mean, wonder hour, just toss that out there. It's kind of a funny term. I love that. It's a cute yeah. term. So I just would write in my calendar a couple times during the week in the middle of the afternoon and usually the most productive time, like the time that I would have said was my most productive. I'm going to fast productivity and I'm going to set that time aside to read a book, to go for a walk, to read the Psalms, to do something that lifts my eyes towards God. Mm. Um, kids outside on the other side of the door, I'm alone. It's not an agenda. It's not I'm planning a Bible study. It's just opening myself up. Sometimes it's just sitting in silence before yeah. God. Um, now, right now, I have a baby, and I don't have the flexibility to do, like, that wonder hour. But I do intentionally, like, when I'm nursing her, that's like, this is kind of real practical. <laughs> I don't pick up my phone. So that's five times a day that I've mm -hmm. intentionally decided for that 20 minutes in that space, I'm going to talk to God or same kind of concept as the enjoy. wonder hour. Enjoy her. Yeah. Yeah. Read a book. I mean, something that's lifting me outside of just the current the what's right in front of, of me. Yeah. That's great. So great. I know that is good. I bet you've heard from a lot of moms because I think that is yeah. an overwhelming aching feeling of being like hidden and unseen in those years. Yeah. Um, so I can imagine this book really resonated with their hearts just to go like, I still matter. God still sees me. My work still matters. I don't have to wait till I'm done. Like I think as moms, we can sometimes be like, when they're out of diapers, when they're in school oh, or whatever yeah. it is, then I'm really going to, and I, I feel like, no, this is actually like, this is gold. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have found myself even recently in the past few years, like kind of actually enjoying when I get overlooked, like oh, or actually bet. enjoying when somebody, cause I feel like this is actually your invitation, God. Mm -hmm. Like, I, the things that I, 10 years ago, I resented and kind of gritted my teeth and my husband, you know, I'm telling my husband behind, like, she, you know, and <laughs> so now good. I'm actually feeling, I feel like, no, this is your invitation. You want me to know what you think of me right now. Mm. You want me to actually ask you, what do you think right now? Okay, so talk a little bit about the freedom that comes with that. Oh my goodness, you mentioned your mind. So that, mm -hmm. what I'm thinking is a lot of this really comes back to your mind. Because right now I could say my life is crazy because I've got six kids. and But the truth is, at the end of the day, a uh, tough day is usually when I've been, when my mind has been... And when the six kids are gone, I still have that mind, right? Yes. And so the freedom for me, I feel like some of this finding God in hiddenness and in our hidden seasons is actually just a house cleaning. It's my mind, like having my thoughts be on him mm -hmm. and having his thoughts about me be the thing that drives what I think about me. And it's, we read it, like you mentioned, even, you know, we could read it in scripture and just be like, I gotta stop thinking bad thoughts, you know, and that never works, right? And not for me. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It just doesn't. But if it's like one, in my mind, I've always, I, I say the phrase to myself, life is one in the minute. So like if tomorrow, one more minute or today, one minute that I may have been either like chiding myself, like you did that stupid thing or do this one thing more or thinking about one more thing I should do. If one of those minutes I give to God, what do you think about me right now? Or what does your word say about you? How can I talk to you right now? Just one minute. Every day, one more minute. That's 365 more minutes. Yeah. So for me, it feels like there's a whole lot of freedom in having my thoughts more attuned to him. Yeah. So much more life there. 
Okay, and how has it informed, how has, how has sinking into the unseen informed the scene? Because, yeah. because, because of what you do, yeah, yeah. there oh, are elements I, of yes. scene. And so I would, and so this is in your venue of where you sit, okay? Mm -hmm. And there's going to be seen in whatever venue you are, mm -hmm. whether you're in an office and you, you got the transaction that everybody wanted when for so many years you had been looked over, mm -hmm. okay? So how, how has the unseen informed the scene? I mean, it's scene? so nuanced and really present. I'll give an example of last night. So I did a television interview. What a crazy thing to be talking about the book <laughs> Unseen on television. Mm -hmm. And I that came, is hilarious. It is. <laughs> And, and also in my own heart to, so this is what it looked like. I came home, got into, I'm, I'm out of town. So I got into my hotel room, got into bed and just went, you know what? So much better to be sitting before God than, like I just felt it in my heart. Like I really just like being alone with you, God, way more than getting to talk about this message. Now, I don't feel like that's, you don't just push yourself there, mm -hmm. but there was a sweet sense of, Behind closed doors, I really can say he's the thing that matters mm -hmm. most. Yeah, and so it's whether it's, I actually personally have wrestled a ton with writing. It hasn't been this thing that I've like always wanted to be a writer, wish I could publish my books. Mm -hmm. So I, it's a little bit different for me in that like I've actually had to fight. I mean, I feel like it's a step of obedience for right. me. Mm -hmm. um, but I can easily be misunderstood. There's even a greater audience to misunderstand me, to judge me, oh. to make snap judgments mm -hmm. on me. And so it's just more opportunity to go, oh, wow, that's how I came across. Yeah, or I looked really foolish in that setting. I could sit back and go, how did that interview go? What did I say? Okay, was that, sp or I can go, God, what did you think about me? I think one thing I watched you do the other night that I thought was so telling, as soon as you talked, I couldn't find you and I wanted to come up and just say hello to you and she was you were sitting down and I just thought how bizarre and interesting because so many speakers are up and like okay I'm done now where's my line like where's my huh. can God just like so many speakers are like now come see me not uh -huh. in a but that's just the way it happens yeah. like yeah I have a line I come down and then you just come over and tell me I'm awesome and <laughs> sign my book you know what I mean <laughs> and like you hug it out and you just uh -huh. kind of slipped over and sat down and I hmm. thought there's just a subtle humility there that's oh, like that's and I could really feel like you talked about like the how long you have sat with you. And I'm not trying to but like blow you up here. I'm just telling mm -hmm. you like I really felt it in the room. Oh, um, that's and that's why I wanted to get you today because I was like I think more people need to hear this because there's such a draw to do this mm -hmm. kind of thing and share what's on your heart from God, but there is that pull of like yeah I want to share with God, but I don't want you to think I'm all about myself. Like uh -huh. so, yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't want to promote myself, but I do want to tell you what God's done in my life. So I think you're doing it really well, oh, and I appreciate this message. And I know it's just going to be it's blessed me tremendously. So thank, thank you. you. Okay, if you were going to give a charge, our friend Brenda, which Brenda's going to just shoot me for saying this every time, but it cracks me up. She's like, what's the charge? Which is like that, as you go out today, what would you give these um, sweet listeners just yeah. as a charge? Like, just for the day. I think if there's one, like, just one chance today where you have the opportunity to talk to God where you might otherwise be listening to NPR or, you know, caught up in your head or scrolling Facebook or Instagram for one minute, for three minutes in that hidden moment, ask him what he thinks about you. All right, in the carpool, doing yeah. laundry. Yeah, 
just in this still at I the mean DMV. seriously yeah at the DMV <laughs> because it'll be longer than three minutes at the DMV yeah. just saying just saying I feel like I need a frequent flyer <laughs> pass like, to the DMV my husband we we went to a big concert last week two weeks ago and he lost his license and I'm like the DMV yes, you gotta go back. back to the DMV, the I don't DMV. Know, I, apparently no one else has that I have this like I hate the DMV it just Sorry, takes DMV forever. Yeah. And then the pictures <laughs> that come on place. the other side of the DMV are so lovely. Oh, that's <laughs> a true test for of ten patience. Years. You're like, mm-hmm. how it's am true. I on number 192 in rank three? Yeah, I, know. <laughs> so I am going to be here for the rest of it. Well, we just want to thank you for spending oh, some time with us this morning. Me. And we do. We hope that it's an encouragement to all of you all and that you just might realize how loved and known and seen yeah. you actually, that we all realize that. And maybe that's walking the road together. Is that we need each yeah. other to be able to say, hey, by the way, don't, d- yeah, and don't get lost in this because you are seen in every mm-hmm. moment. And uh, I think that goes to where it was like the secret of being content, whether in plenty or whether in want, mm-hmm. that there is one source behind it all. So we hope you have a great day today. And thank you, Sarah, for joining us. And um, go out and say something kind and encouraging to the person walking alongside. Mm-hmm.